You want to find your tribe of raving fans. And that's just what we're here to help you do. This is the Digging Deep Podcast with 360 Media, where we help entrepreneurs build better businesses by not only sharing insights and candid conversations, but by nurturing our minds as well. Get ready to explore, plan, and showcase your business, because here we go. Here's your host, Chief Strategist of 360 Media and Educator at TacticalProgram.com, Justin Lamb. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of Digging Deep, where I help business owners build better businesses. And today I'm being joined by the CEO of JobRack, Noel Andrews. He's been helping business owners gain access to Eastern European remote workers since 2015. Now, over 500 businesses have hired them successfully, and, and many of them are returning again and again. Now, what they're really prized uh, you know, about is that they're building teams with great hires through his company, JobRack, and he's an expert in online business development, outsourcing, remote work, and brand culture. So please uh, join me here today with Noel Andrews. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Justin. Great to be here. And so you're, you told me you're in the UK, yeah? Yeah, I'm in sunny London in England, yeah. Oh, fantastic. And so, you know, how did you get your start? Like, how did, how did JobRack come around? Yeah, so JobRack, so uh, it's a bit of an unusual story. So I actually bought JobRack um, three years ago now, kind of. So I got my kind of entrepreneurial bucket list chops there, kind of ticking off the uh, buying a business as well. Um, it was created through a couple of guys, uh, separate businesses, and they needed developers. And they'd hired from all over the world, and they couldn't afford to hire in the US. Uh, they were struggling with quality in other areas. And then they kind of found upon this, this awesome kind of gold mine of uh, really, really high quality Eastern European uh, talent, and obviously in some countries across Eastern Europe and JobRack was born from there and they built it up um, but it was always a bit of a side hustle uh, and then uh, there was a bit of serendipity I came along just about the right time and it was either going to be kind of shut down or sold and um, yeah after a kind of a, a, an illustrious career in kind of corporate IT recruitment and uh, leadership it was just uh, yeah kind of a perfect match and um, yeah kind of bought cool. it and been driving since then. Amazing so Corporate IT recruitment is, is where you sort of developed your chops. I mean, you, I, I think with hiring remote workers, you'd probably have to have some sort of understanding of, you know, that hiring, firing and interviewing process. So I, I guess that that's where you got it from. Um, were, were you formally trained? How did you get into that profession to begin with? So I, uh, I did aerospace engineering uh, a fair few years ago in, uh, in university and then went through a couple of grad schemes uh, into kind of uh, a couple of different corporate businesses and just kind of rose up uh, relatively swiftly into kind of some pretty senior roles um, and yeah, into kind of corporate IT leadership management, went through a kind of a company stock exchange flotation of a business that resulted in us expanding hugely. Uh, so lots and lots of hiring. Then we went through the contraction, went through the opposite end of that uh, scale when you kind of let a lot of people go. And um, having always been entrepreneurial since a pretty young age, I was always uh, kind of looking for the opportunity uh, to you know, do something myself. Um, so I'd spent a lot of time kind of working on the side, helping businesses to do kind of remote hiring as well um, and giving some tips. And then it kind of it all kind of just segued together with, uh, with JobRack. Amazing. So, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, they, they struggle with the idea of hiring remote workers, especially somebody that they can't really physically, you know, sort of be in touch with. And, and that's such a big, you know, hurdle. Now, for, for us here at the production agency, you know, we have VAs uh, in different countries. So we have a VA in the Philippines and we have one in the US. Um, and then we have freelancers that kind of come in and out to, to help us. But, you know, what are some 
things and and con you know sorry common misconceptions that people have about hiring remote workers yeah so we get a few and, and the first one is quite interesting is the misconception that people often have is that if you're in an office with someone if you can see them that they're working um, and as anyone who's ever had a corporate job or anyone that's worked in corporate IT that looks at the internet uh, kind of like uh, filters and how much time people spend on Facebook and Instagram, they know that just because you're in the office, you're, uh, you're not working. So I think a lot of people kind of have a lot of fear um, and that concern that, you know, they need to, you know, how can I trust someone? when actually what we tend to find uh, is that generally people are very trustworthy. And that if you, you know, start things off, set clear expectations that, you know, you're generally going to get rewarded and people want to work hard, especially in, in Eastern Europe where kind of a, a really, really hard work ethic is just, you know, kind of it's kind of par for the course. Um, so that's one of them. Um, another one of them is that they kind of won't be able to build rapport. Um, and that you need to be in a room to build rapport and kind of build a relationship with someone. Well, you know, the last 18 months or so has shown us that, you know, sometimes you just get forced into something and, and there are other ways. Um, so I really encourage people to, you know, just have like an open Zoom call, like, you know, one morning a week and just that the team are on it. Everyone's working away. So there's definitely ways to do it. Um, but they're probably two of the kind of biggest ones around kind of how do we build kind of trust and a bit of a relationship? Uh, how do I know they're working? And then the age old, you know, how do I um, how do I pay them? Uh, you know, kind of the, the kind of some complications around kind of currency and cross-border stuff. Um, but generally these days, that's that's so much simpler with services like Payoneer and TransferWise. It's, it's just not a concern. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and I think, you know, one of the things that you mentioned was, you know, setting expectations. And I think a lot of business owners, uh, they don't have expectations to set. And they, they figured that if I hire you, you're just going to do everything I tell you to do. But that's not really the case. Now, I know for us, that was really important when I hired somebody, you know, I set expectations. I set, you know, what I expected them to do. I showed, I had videos on onboarding and how they do their work, um, you know, and, and I really made sure that they were compartmentalized and understood what they, what the goals of what they were doing uh, equated to in a larger picture. And I think that's really important. Uh, in, I think a lot of business owners don't do that because it's stuck in their head. Now, with JobRack, with you guys, what are you guys doing? Do you guys, you know, help, you know, bridge that gap or is it really up to the entrepreneur to do so? Yeah, no, we try and we definitely, definitely try and build, bridge that gap because for us, you know, I mean, 80, what, just over 80% of my business and my customers are repeat customers or referrals. We get a huge amount of referral business. And so for that to happen, we have to help them. It's not about hiring someone. It's about what's the actual job to be done. And that is the person not only being hired, but then being successful in what they do, enabling the, you know, the entrepreneur or the business owner to kind of get what they need done. So we cover everything right from the, the strategy up front where I jump on a lot of calls with people, just kind of helping them figure out what roles to hire. Can they combine roles together, for instance, or combine kind of particular tasks? Um, and then we go right to the other end of the, like the onboarding side of things. And so I spend a lot of time helping people figure out how do I explain what I really want done? Um, talking to people about, look, what you really want is the outcome or the result, not specifically the task. And, you know, if you can give people the freedom to figure out their way of doing it, it's often better than the one that uh, than we might have come up with. Um, and then that goes into kind of advising people around, you know, how to do one-to-ones, how to set objectives, things like that, because that that's what makes it successful. And then they grow and then, you know, they come back and hire some more people. Yeah. And, and part of that process is, you know, developing that bond with the individual that you're hiring. And, you know, when we talk about corporate culture, um, you know, in this next, I think, 
decade or two, you're going to see a big decentralization of the workforce, right? Um, you know, this this pandemic has really you know changed the way I think people view how a business can be run, and and, and you're seeing a mass exodus out of you know brick and mortar buildings for a more virtual stage. Um, you know, and, and I mean, there's one part of people who really miss that personal interaction, but of course, that virtual stage, you know, really does open up a, a lot um, in terms of the talent pool that you now have access to. Now, you know, in, in countries like, you know, um, the UK and the US, I, I'm going to guess that there's a, a large majority of people who wonder, um, you know, or who have sort of ties or affinities about hiring locally, hiring, you know, uh, local based talents, you know, what would be an argument for you, um, you know, to hire somebody outside of that talent pool in their local country, uh, and then going to something like, you know, Eastern Europe? Yeah, I think, um, so there's a couple of things. One is cost. Um, and, you know, I'm not a big fan of making the case purely on cost, but certainly there's a lot of businesses that would love to hire, but think they can't afford to. So it's not necessarily about moving a job, you know, offshore from the UK to, to Eastern Europe or the US to Eastern Europe, but it's about enabling business owners to grow their business faster because, you know, they could afford to spend maybe a thousand or $1,200 a month where they couldn't afford to spend, you know, three or four times that amount if they hired locally. Um, another one is kind of just skills and education. The, the education system in, in Eastern Europe specifically is absolutely outstanding. Um, you know, technical education, very, very common to find people with not one, but two degrees. Um, so just your access to skills that are in really, really scarce, you know, hot demand, and therefore they're very scarce, you know, here locally uh, in the UK. And, you know, that that's a big, big piece for us, you know, finding as anyone in the US right now who is trying to hire a really good developer is finding, they are not out there. Um, it's it's tricky all over the world, but in the US, the market has just gone gone crazy. Even with the addition of remote, you know, f making it a lot more flexible where you can hire from. So I think that's the the kind of key things. Just enables you to move kind of faster and potentially get a kind of a better quality of people, uh, especially when you bring that value equation into the mix. Yeah, absolutely. And and when you're bringing these people, I think you know, the people who, who want to hire locally. And of course, I think a lot of business owners, you know, in their hearts, they want to hire locally. But as you, you know, alluded to, not having the funds available, uh, or sometimes not even understanding that they could, in fact, do it. Um, this is a really great way to sort of bridge that gap before you hire someone locally, uh, is to fire, hire somebody remotely, um, you know, to work at a maybe slightly lower rate to kind of get used to work out the kinks and onboarding um, as a transitionary period too. And there's nothing wrong with that from a small business point of view. I think a lot of people, uh, you know, especially hiring virtual assistants or, or programmers or, you know, design designers or UI UX, um, you know, they're able to then just kind of dabble into it. And when you start to turn it over, um, you now have the opportunity to decide, oh, okay, I can now bring it in house um, or, you know, you can continue on with the individual and then know that you have uh, the ability to bring a new person in house, you know, you know, whatever, whatever that might mean for them, whether it's, you know, because of the time difference uh, and, and that sort of stuff. But in, in fact, in actuality, time difference is actually to our advantage, especially here from North America to Eastern Europe, isn't it? Um, we, we get to look like we're working around the clock uh, from our point of view, from your point of view, maybe not so much, but from our, our point of view, we're almost the flip, I believe. 
Yeah, definitely. So there's a kind of we're about well, so if you look at like kind of Eastern EST, uh, we're kind of like four or five hours or five hours typically kind of uh, ahead of you guys. Um, and that gives a great opportunity. So it's still very straightforward to get, you know, a good four or five hours a day of crossover with like normal working time in both both sides of the Atlantic, as it were. Um, but without anyone having to do a night shift because no one likes doing a night shift ultimately. So and we find that most jobs, the vast majority of jobs, you know, anything above about two hours, two to three hours of crossover it's more than enough for you know team meetings collaboration communication and then you know in the us especially you get the benefit of you waking up and there's already been kind of three or four hours of work has already been done so you know that kind of geo arbitrage in that sense you can you know get a lot of benefit from it mm. and you know the other obstacle i hear a lot of people is um talk about is the uh, ability to communicate in english um, you know, proper, proper diction, especially in, in the world of copywriting, um, or text management, uh, e even to, to a virtual assistant who might be, you know, running emails and or, or calendar, um, you know, how do, how, how could businesses, uh, position themselves so that they can overcome this, this obstacle? Yeah, sure. So the first thing is knowing what you need. So if you're hiring for a content writer, for instance, and we have some amazing content writers and we've got a number of SEO agencies that hire, you know, exclusively for, exclusively from us for, for all kinds of roles. Um, so you can find anything you need. You know, we've got a lot of people that have, uh, you know, have almost got, you know, Americanized or, you know, Westernized English um, that could write content that, you know, is better than anything that I could write, for instance. So the first thing is about expectations. So what do you need? Do you really, you know, are they writing content that's got to be, you know, really fluent, perfect English? Are they, you know, going to be writing emails as you in your voice? Um, are they going to be speaking to your customers on the phone? Um, how easy going are your customers? So, you know, I have some clients come to me that says, well, you know, if I have someone from Eastern Europe join, join a customer call or a client call, I don't want them to have a perception that I'm going cheap by outsourcing to, you know, another area of the world. Um, now that ignores the fact that there's plenty of people from Eastern Europe in the US already, and they could be a local hire, but, you know, we probably won't jump into that. So I think first thing is, yeah, know what you need. And then, you know, look for that. It's very, very straightforward to test. We can find people with perfect English with no accent at all. Uh, equally, equally, we can find people with, you know, good English and it kind of, you know, goes down the scale from there. But, you know, what we find is that every, certainly everyone that we work with on JobRack on our platform has a, you know, good enough level of English that you could work with them, converse with them, et cetera, and kind of collaborate with them, especially, you know, developers etc need a good enough level of english just to be able for you to have a, a working relationship um but yeah it's about and kind of know what you need and yeah the quality is outstanding you know it, for anyone in eastern europe it's english is seen as just this massive enabler so it's taught very very uh, heavily in the schools all through the education system and we have a lot of people that then actually become english teachers and so you know some of our best content writers have a you know a few some years of experience as english teachers or as translators things like that so that yeah the standards very very high okay and and so how does how does job rack say compete with um you know the likes of fiverr or upwork you know in, in that environment are they the same are they different you know what is a unique selling proposition or just differentiator between that and the market yeah sure so so we steer clear pretty much of project-based um kind of gigs effectively so we're there for people that really want to hire a full-time or a part-time team member that's long-term so you want someone to join your team it might only be you know five hours a week it could be pretty small on the part-time basis but it's someone that you want them to commit to you and your business um and be a you know 
to all intents and purposes to be an employee right to work with you to grow with you guys develop with uh, with you as a business and so that that's our real focus we get you know eastern europeans in general and you know we have to speak to some extent in kind of generalizations um they are very very committed very hard working and they're really in it for the long-term commitment they want to grow work for great businesses so that's our focus is on getting really really good people that are going to stick around for the long term um without the the kind of ongoing you know 10 percent, 20 percent plus fees that you can get hit with on, on some of the kind of more kind of gig and uh, kind of freelance platforms okay and so let's talk about fees now obviously there must be some some you know, form of finder's fee or connection fee that you you obviously must take, otherwise JobRock would be a non-viable business. Uh, but we'll talk about, um, you know, after that, you know, connection is made and uh, taken over, how does a person then remit payment? Are they doing directly transactional to the employee or are they doing it through an escrow uh, on your platform? Yeah, no, just direct to the employee. So we, I very intentionally have structured JobRack to be, you know, that we help people hire. We support them if they need it, you know, forever more and kind of tips and helps, et cetera. Um, but no, it's direct. There's kind of a direct relationship. You pay them through transfer wise. Typically they're, a, you know, uh, what's referred to in the US kind of like a 1099 contractor. So, you know, they're an independent contractor. They're responsible for their own tax and social security contributions. So they would invoice you and your business each month. Uh, and then you pay the invoice, like I said, through like transfer wise payoneer maybe even paypal potentially although paypal's kind of typically slightly higher fees um yeah so that that's kind of the contractual arrangement and then yeah just direct payment keeps the fees very low and you know for me i think that's the, that's kind of the fairest way to operate and um you know the best way that works for for us yeah and i think that's that's something that people consider in terms of you know the, the payment um you know are they are, they're paying uh, an individual, how does that affect them on the balance and ledger? You know, um, are they, are they, I guess they, they're not having to pay any additional insurance or whatnot. Uh, and that person is invoicing. So does that mean that they settled the rate uh, prior to, and, and the, I mean, I think the reason why I'm asking is because, you know, when you're hiring an external contractor, generally the contractor sets the rate. Um, you know, but in this case, as you're, as you're hiring an employee, but remotely, and that person is invoicing you, how does that work? Um, yeah. you know, are, are they are they negotiating on a, an approved rate between the two parties and then they're moving forward from there? Yeah, so typically it's just, uh, you know, there is a, uh, a level of salary or an hourly rate, if you like, or a monthly rate that, you know, the role and the location and the skill level kind of determines and demands. Um, so typically we'd normally kind of help the employers to figure out how much they should be offering for a role. Um, and then that's kind of just set in. And that is based on the fact that the employee or the remote worker will be you know responsible for their own tax um the tax system in some of these countries isn't quite as mature as as uh, in the western world but it's, it's changing rapidly um and then they're just responsible for those things so effectively the invoice that comes to you is as if it's come from a from an agency or from a service provider um in this instance it generally it will just be a you know an individual kind of invoicing you personally but goes on the books as if it was any other supplier uh, and then they have that responsibility their side and and over time, I think as we see the tax and the legislation in in Eastern Europe become a little bit kind of you know more robust, a bit more modern, kind of embrace the freelance and the, the online remote work world, um, rates will go up a little bit to kind of like uh, counter for that, but still you know vastly lower than what we're what we're used to in the Western world. Mm, amazing, amazing. So. You know, most of the time uh, when people are on my podcast, I try to ask them uh, what is a resource uh, or or a book that has impacted the career for yourself. Now, you know, 
is there something that you've come across in, in the, between the two worlds, obviously, as one as an entrepreneur, but one, you know, coming from, from IT and, and, uh, and that sort of side of, of the corporate world, is there something that sort of deeply impacted your career? There's, yeah, there's a couple. It's really, really hard, uh, Justin, to kind of pick one out. Um, the one that I use the most, actually, is the probably the shortest book I've ever read. And, and it was by a guy called Phil M. Adams, and it's called Exactly What to Say. And he basically helps you write content and write emails that are very natural sounding and just kind of write very naturally. And this comes out in literally every single email I ever write um, in a really natural way. So that's the one that I use the most. And then it's a massive cliche, but it, um, you know, Tim Ferriss, the four hour work week was the, was the inspiration behind. And the, and the, the key thing for me was like the mini retirements um, and the going, you know, you don't wait till you're 60 or 70 before you want to do the things you want to do. So it's a big cliche, but like so many other people, that was like a big kind of kick in the right direction. Um, so for in your micro retirement, you know, what have you done in, in some of the, some, some of the breaks that you've taken? Yeah, so I've managed three uh, five-week breaks over the last kind of five years. Um, so which, which coming out of the corporate world where anything more than two weeks was frowned upon um, and heading towards probably closer to a three-month stint next year. Um, and I'm now completely location independent, so I can work from anywhere. Um, so I'll be doing a trip assuming the the us government lets us in from the uk in uh kind of september so i'll be doing a three-week trip out there so yeah gaining that kind of location independence has been has been huge for me yeah i think that's uh it's really quite a a thing that uh especially millennials now i think are really uh, pursuant on that nomadic lifestyle uh and being able to to hang their hat anywhere in the world uh and still be able to to be contributing to the the societal output uh, and, and corporate work world, but I think the empowerment of being able to taste and live in the different cultures of the world is really quite important uh, for for people now. Yeah. So, uh, job rack is yeah, it going to be one of those things that uh, you're going to stay for a while, or are you going to position it to to you know explode and and uh, take another long extended vacation? Yeah, no, job, I'm in job right for the long haul. I've got, we've got uh, some really, really great ideas how we can expand it to help people uh, in the future more, you know, once they've hired people, how do we help them manage them and make a success of that going forward? So there's plenty of future ideas in my head uh, and tons and tons of opportunity. It's a, you know, it's like a win, win, win business for me that we get to, you know, help people get better jobs on better salaries. We help business owners to grow and, you know, and for me, I like spending time with people doing weird, wonderful and interesting things in the world of online business. So my customers, keep turning into friends which is cool and they're all over the world so then i get to you know kind of plan my travels around it so that's a yeah, yeah i won't be changing this for, for a long time well good i hope you come up to canada we can you know hang it hang out on the slopes or something up here <laughs> sounds good to me on there <laughs> awesome well thank you so much for joining me on the show today uh i hope people who have listened to this uh, found it really useful um now Noel, if somebody wants to get a hold of you to learn more uh, or learn more about JobRack, where are they going to go? Yeah, just uh, nice and simple. Head to connect with Noel. That's N-O-E-L dot com. So connect with Noel dot com. Perfect. And for those people who are listening, um, I'm going to put that in the description below. So make sure you connect with uh, Noel and find a little bit more about uh, JobRack and whether or not a remote worker from the Eastern European country could be a valuable part of your uh, business. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, thank you so much for joining me here today. It was really 
wonderful to have a chat and really get to know a little bit more about the Eastern European culture um, and, and bringing that into our work environment. So I think that uh, it's going to be valuable for some of the people who listened here today. So thank you so much, Noel. Hey, no worries, Justin. Really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. We want to thank you for listening to the Digging Deep podcast with 360 Media. Your time is valuable, and we're deeply humbled that you are spending this time with us. We'd love to connect with you. Find us on Instagram at 360photo and at Tactical Titans. You can also email us. We want to make this channel great, something you enjoy and find tons of value in. Send us your insights to info at 360photo.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us reach more listeners. As always, tune in next week as we dig deeper into business and marketing.